everybody. Welcome back to High Cheese. We're back again to talk baseball. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. Long, yeah? long holiday weekend. That was fun. Um, yeah, Memorial Day weekend in the books. I mean, I mean let's just jump right summer, into it. Summer technically, yeah? Officially let's, summer? Is that how that works? Uh, no, summer officially starts in June. But oh. uh, the official start of like fake, like what we refer to culturally as summer. Fake, fake summer, yeah, fake yeah. summer. Um, but let's just jump right into it. You yeah. beat me. Yes, I beat you. Kind of, really wasn't really a mystery on the last day. There was, a, there was a little back and forth. I did want to note just because we made that trade we mentioned. Uh, yeah. My guys outperformed your guys. Did they? Yeah, except now Erod's on the IL for some reason, just like a finger thing. So I don't know where that came from. But yeah, Erod got two more points than Musgrove. And Dansby outscored Schwarber by like nine. Well, that's because so. yeah, Schwarber had two games with home runs. He should have had a and third then, home run, but he got robbed. He, and, he had two uh, games with home runs and then do didn't really nothing. do anything in between, which is yeah. kind of his mo. So yeah, I mean, I knew that's what I was getting with him, but also um, we're almost at June. Yeah, June Schwarber shall appear soon, but also yeah. that's when Dansby usually heats up. So it might ju- it may end up being that that trade is just like nothing. Yeah, well, no, because I think I think Musgrove's gonna. I, I mean, Musgrove was really good at the end of the week. I, I think Musgrove's gonna be better than Erod, no problem. Yeah. Well, I needed to move a pitcher anyhow, but yeah, I beat you. I'm now four and four. But you four, got a pitcher, at, so yeah, I'm gonna have to figure that out. But yeah, uh, I'm at five hundred now. You are at a historical worse of last place, one and seven. I can't remember the last time I saw the OGs not somewhere near the top of the standing. So it feels. Yeah, historically kinda... successfully great franchise. Uh, arguably the best regular season team in our league every year. Um, always in the top basically three at the end of the season. Yep, that's I finish in the top five almost every year. And... Yeah, my, my uh, if you look at the league history, which doesn't date back to 08 or whatever. Yes, my, my championship year is not in the annals of our official digital history thanks to the way ESPN reset. Yeah, but it's it goes flash back to HTML. It goes back to 2015, and I am uh, my average finishing position is third, which is the highest in our league. How do uh, I see I'm, this again? I'm, I want to look at mine. How do I do uh, this? Well, on the app, it's just in the league page, and you go to league history, and it'll bring it all up. So, um, since 2015, I'm third average finishing position, which is the highest. There is no one or two average finishing position for our our uh, league. My all-time record is 106, 53, and 1 uh, in 160 matchups played. And uh, six playoff appearances, eight top five finishes, five top three finishes, one championship one. So clearly, I mean, I basically fucking dominate. But this year, I don't know what the fuck's happened. I do want to point out that I do have more points for my team than the next one. Two, three, four, five uh, teams in our league. And, I mean, the next... You're right there, man. You're right there. The next seven out of eight teams, I have more points then, which includes your ass. Yeah. So, I think what we're seeing is a historic run of bad luck. And I think... I don't really want to hear about this because points against is like my my cross to bear every season 
Like every single season, points we, against is my cross to bear. We have no proof of that. Um, uh, we do. We can look at it. So. For points against, you are current, topping me. I am. T- I have twenty seven hundred against and twenty five hundred, roughly four. So that is consistent with every season I've ever played, where no matter what I do, points against comes and gets me. So I am the next highest in points against. Yes, you are. But also, I'd like to note for your points against. Uh, the the matchup in the week one. Where... Oh yeah, that definitely was like most of my points against. Yeah, so that I mean that tips the scales back in my favor of of bad luck. So fuck you. Yeah. And so, uh, well, you might also have to just go it. fuck yourself, and I hate you. Yeah, I might have to do a great sell off this year, dude. It happens dude, sometimes. It's just not in my blood. I don't think I can. <laughs> I think if I have one win in June, I'll still or like in July, I'll still be like, who can I trade to get better? I I just. I don't know if I, I, I can't give up and, and think to the future, which in part is uh, a bad thing because I've sold good keepers and stuff pretty consistently throughout my uh, tenure as a fantasy baseball owner. Like, I'm not really too precious about keepers. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not either, with the exception of Trey Turner because I love him. But No, that, I mean, I'll you were flip, you were flip, flip. flip. You were precious about Correa for a while and Bregman for a while, but you—I mean—you have ended up trading these guys, so I guess you're not too precious. But yeah, if, um, if the right deal comes along, or what normally uh, the happens, right deal—the right deal always comes along for you. Yeah, that's true. That's because you I, always get the right deal. I could have the best player. I could have Shohei fucking Otani, and nobody wants him, and I drop him, and then he becomes the greatest player ever. That actually happened for everybody out there. That happened. Joe had Shohei Otani. He got was that the Tommy John year you dropped him? No, he basically, he had Tommy John. I had him on my team, or I, I maybe I got him after Tommy John, and then he didn't play for the first couple months, and then he didn't pitch, and then he did pitch, and he was fucking terrible. And then in 2020, he was horrific at the plate. He wasn't pitching, and he was just hitting, and he was fucking terrible. Um, and I, I had to drop him because I was competing for a championship, and I needed that roster spot taken up. And uh, then... He went on to be the greatest player ever. I had him for like yeah. three years. He went on to literally be the greatest player. Yeah, he hit 190 in 2020 as a hitter. Yeah, I had to drop him. And it. I mean, in hindsight, obviously it's 2020, but like, what the fuck? Hey, literally, dude? literally. Yeah, what the fuck? And he wins uh, so. MVP and is probably going to be forever for the rest of time in the MVP race. Well, we're going to talk about him more later, one of the one of the Basically, so let's get doubles yeah. all the points every year of the next highest person yeah it's insane it's ridiculous so let's let's get into the agenda today because we're going to mm-hmm. talk about him mm-hmm. just first first and foremost off the top both of us i think we had one pick in our preseason or well we were in the middle of the season but preseason rankings of like who's going to win what awards and i think we overlapped on acuna being the mvp in the national league yeah. which feels like maybe our best pick so far uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I put in a my tweet mind. in the agenda today. That is insane. Yeah. Uh, so the the Braves just destroyed the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball. It really, as, as uh, one of our league mates said, it wasn't really fair to put Spencer Strider up against Dylan Covey <laughs> on Sunday Night Baseball. But the Braves scored seven first inning runs. Uh, and Acuna is now batting 500 in the first inning as of Sunday. I think he's, st- I think he's done this consistently. Yeah. Um, 
and he has scored the record in the MLB for runs scored in the first inning is 45 by Lenny Dykstra in 1993-93 Phillies, uh-huh. and then Ricky Henderson also did that in 1985. Acuna already has 17 first inning runs so far, like two months into the season. That's crazy. So he could he could be looking at a historical leadoff season, and I think. I mean, they, they, they couldn't stop talking about him on Sunday Night Baseball. ESPN broadcasts are awful, just as, like, an anecdote, by the way. Yeah. They're awful. But they could not stop talking about how good Acuna is. And it's just, I, I like to see that our pick, uh, our mutual pick for National League MVP is panning out thus far. Yeah, in my mind, it was a no-brainer if he can stay healthy. I mean, people just sour on guys because they miss a year or two or whatever, and it's so ridiculous. Um, even if you look at his numbers from last year, Obviously, they're not as good as you want or expect, and his numbers basically this year are already surpassed them. He already has three war this season. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But last year in 119 games, he hit 15 home runs. He stole 29 bags, and he still batted 266. Like, if you just even add a little bit of improvement and make that 150 games or whatever, like— that's still not that bad of a season. So no, he's he. I I'm. I think as long as he's healthy, it's kind of in the bag already, which is crazy to think about. Well, like unless someone does something unprecedented, which there's one guy who we'll talk about in the same sentence as him later with the one article I brought up. But Juan Soto is maybe the only guy who has the same like generational talent if healthy to do it this year. I no, think. I mean Nano. I think you could. It's it's early. Those numbers. I mean. Obviously, he's been insane. I'm not trying to say he's, he's already not got 22 stolen bases and 11 home runs. Yeah, I know. But what if he gets unbelievably cold and he ends with 20 home runs? Like I'm just saying, like crazier things have happened. I don't think you can lock up an MVP race in uh, at this point in the season. It, there's just so much baseball left to be played. And also, I'm making this. I'm making this call though. Call well, I mean, I agree. I, I think if he's healthy, he wins the MVP award. I don't think he's going to slow down significantly but i'm just saying like you can't just crown him yet it's it's 54 games into the year for him you know um so i just you know let's not get crazy someone could catch up to his numbers it is doable um but i mean the his just all the tools he has i mean he's on i I don't know how many home runs he's on pace for but it's got to be close to 40 he's definitely on pace for 40 steals so if he bats three twenty and goes forty forty, <laughs> I mean he's gonna go like forty seventy with the way things are going, which is yeah. insane. Well, I also think at some point they're gonna slow him down on the base paths just because with his injury history they were, and stuff. They were talking about this on uh, on the broadcast on Sunday of like they're trusting his legs fully. They're not worried. Oh, That's like a thing the Braves are talking about. They're like, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Let him play the outfield. Let him do it. And I, I mean, cool. He's also stealing. It successfully at a high rate he's 22 for 25 yeah he's definitely taking advantage of the fact he already was a stolen base threat and now we have these new rules so it's yeah. pretty sweet yeah but uh yeah so great to see him performing good to see him just back on the field for the season so far healthy mm-hmm. keep that up we love we love you ronald acuna so yeah there you go. um on it's not on the agenda but in the acuna train of thought i just want to because it was so awesome i want to mention aaron judge last night just being an absolutely amazing baseball player. He hit two home runs. He hit a double off the wall. And then in the eighth inning, the game was basically over, but he robbed Teoscar Hernandez of a home run where his head 
I know he's a tall dude, but his head was above the wall when he caught the ball. Like, just a, just a insane. You just, you just want to give a little judge plug? Just a little judge plug. He's just, I, I, I don't know, man. What, you know, just a historic run that he's on in terms of how good he's been. I mean, yeah. he's played, he's played, uh, like 10 games less than Acuna, and he has a 2.3 war. He's got 17 home runs in 43 games, or uh, 45 uh, You games. know who else has 17 home runs is Jorge Soler. Yeah, but Jorge <laughs> Soler's played more games. Yeah. I just think that's funny to mention uh, in retrospect of our talk about Jorge Soler earlier. And he also, I mean, all the stuff I said about Soler was right. Yeah, just happened on my team and not yours. It just happened on your team because he didn't do shit for me, and I needed I needed points immediately, so I had to drop him. Yeah, I would have loved to hang on to Soler, but he hit six home runs against you last week. <laughs> yeah, so I, <laughs> I would have loved to hang on to him. I thought I thought it was a good high ceiling, pretty low risk, like free agent pickup. For all the reasons I outlined on like episode two or three or whatever that was. Yeah, and uh, I was right. I just I couldn't I couldn't wait. Couldn't, I should have. You can't. You couldn't weather the storm. I should have, in hindsight, again, 2020, but I just couldn't do it at the time. At a certain point, you need to put away what expected stats are and go with, uh, you know, actual performance. And sometimes yeah. that bites you in the ass. It it definitely does. Well, let's uh, let's talk about. So yeah, Aaron Judge, obviously historic. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't need to talk about a Yankee any more than we need to. <laughs> but uh, we got some we got some returns this week. Um, the big one being Liam Hendricks. So I know we mentioned earlier in the I think two two episodes we talked about him coming yeah. back from cancer, which is cool. He pitched last night. He didn't have great results, but it's just cool he's back on the field. Yeah, that was a good um, moment too. They they stopped and you know yeah, gave they, him a little ovation and whatnot. Yeah, that was really cool. The other two, Tyler Glass now is back, um, which, I mean, the Rays sorely, I mean, they they don't really because they're still killing teams, but their rotation's been beat up, so it's cool to see him back. I hope he, he's one of those guys that, like, it, it just feels like he's a ticking time bomb for an injury, but I do like seeing him on the field because he's got some nasty pitches. And then yeah, I, I'll just yeah. give a little shout-out to this because this, du- this dude's gone through so much on the baseball field. Uh, Michael Soroka, since he dropped the mic and became Michael before returning, which is very funny oh, when players he? do that. I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, he, he specifically wants to be Michael Soroka. That's funny. Um, he's gone through, like, the ringer. I don't know. When's the last time he pitched before last this week? Like 2020? 2021? Uh, maybe even, because he's had multiple Achilles tears, which is, like, again, a guy where you're like, if that happens, it's kind of like, when's he going to pitch again? Or how long is he going to be? 2020, yeah, he pitched... Uh, he played three games in 2020. So 2019 really effectively is the last full season he had. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, which is kind of cool to see guys get back on the field. I hope for their sake they keep playing. But just wanted to kind of shout out a couple guys, main, mainly Hendricks, because that's the fact that he's pitching so quickly removed from like stage four lymphoma is really wild. Yeah, it's um, a great story. And also, like, I mean, Soroka, too, to, to go through those major injuries and battle back. I mean, you look at it, he was a young guy with a lot of success right off the bat. He was very good. Like he was really good for the Braves in his limited experience. Those like two years that he pitched, but uh, you know, it sucks to see like his career take a turn for the worse and to battle back after like two major injuries like that. Sometimes those injuries are career ending is pretty cool. Yeah. You don't ever and, see guys, uh, guys again. Sometimes when they goise, you don't, you don't see guys yeah. when they come back, Yeah, especially, <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody in sports needs their Achilles, but, uh, pitchers either pushing off or landing on top of their, you know, on their foot. I'd imagine the Achilles is pretty 
important there and yeah, uh, crucial crucial for that yeah so it's cool i mean you know that's a good story i hope he can he can he's only 25 so i i hope he can stay healthy at least have a little bit of run um with some success as a starter for the braves that would that would be cool yeah the one other guy and i gave chad a little shout out and i'll give him a here of uh his honorary keepers of royce lewis returning as well yep yep uh he Torn played ACL. Really- Play, played really well. He had, a, I think, he had a three-run homer in his first at bat. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's cool to see. He, it was actually uh, a year to the date of his return from his torn ACL. Which, as oh, you really? having your your own torn ACL, you know how crazy that is. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just trying to get back to play baseball with my friends, not at the major league level. Yeah, and he had a home run. So I told Chad, I was like, "Hey, good on you for hanging on to Soroka and Lewis as like stashes the last couple years. They're like honorary keepers on his team." He didn't. Uh, he didn't hang on to Lewis. He picked him up recently. Yeah, but he's like kind of add and dropped him over the last couple of years, kind of hoping for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a big Royce Lewis fan, so I was like, "Hey, you mm-hmm. got something finally out of those two guys. Good luck. Good job. Good work." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's cool to see guys returning from injury. I always hope when those are kind of oft injured guys, they stay on the field. But just celebrate them while they're here, and hopefully, we get some good, some good baseball out of them. Uh, so let's take a look. I, this week might be a shorter episode. I say this now where we might get hung up on some of this debate here. <laughs> this was d- discussed on Twitter a lot because, uh, Jason Stark spoke on MLB network about his hall of fame track of who's on track, who's maybe close, who's not on track. And it got, it got a lot of buzz as controversy. And I wanted to talk about it just cause I'm sure we have opinions, maybe even guys that aren't on this list that we might add, but there's kind of, I think five categories there's in right now which is guys who if they retire today they'd be a hall of famer in the red zone which means they're pretty dang close on a path which means if they don't get hurt and kind of keep their career going they're pretty much into it get back to me in five years which is guys who are too young to crown which i guess it's kind of like me crowning acuna mvp in may (laughs) and the the final is not listed on his mlb network but in the article from the athletic which is uh as there's six there's used to be in the red zone which is guys who should be there and then i wish there was a path uh which is guys that are like in the hall of very good but probably don't have enough either time left in their career or just like maybe just have like a milestone they're not close to that probably aren't there so i'm gonna go through the list here we can kind of talk about each one i think the in right now is like pretty rock solid so his in right now Hall of Fame is Mike Trout, if he retired today, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Miguel Cabrera, Zach Greinke, and Joey Votto. Uh, do you have any contention with any of those guys being in the in right now if they retired today? No. S- same. I looked at it, I was like, yeah, every one of those guys. I mean, Trout has, we've, I think we've chronicled Trout in season, season one of High Cheese back in 2018, but also he just... He's almost, it's like he's underrated at this point because of how consistent he is when he's on a baseball field. Yeah. Verlander, Kershaw, Scherzer, Granke, four of the most dominant pitchers of the live ball era, and it's really not even close. Some of the stats that he breaks down in this article, particularly Granke, I kind of forgot he had that year we finished with a 1.66 ERA and didn't win Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cabrera is one of the best hitters, one of the best right-handed hitters probably of all time. And then yeah. Votto is just one of the best professional hitters in baseball, like hands down. Yeah. Um, so the in right now, I don't think you and I have any arguments with. So let's flip to in the red zone. Um, 
here we have Freddie Freeman. Shout out to our shared custody as a longtime fantasy keeper for you at one of our trades we did of keepers a couple years back. Yep. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Manny Machado. What do you think about this group here as far as they're just about Hall of Famers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm looking, just trying to do a quick look at their career numbers as we're talking about them. I feel like... Um, Oops, sorry. What'd you do? I feel like, I, I don't know. Well, Freddie Freeman just hit his 300th career home run, and he's approaching 2,000 career hits, which are Jason Stark's two, like, milestones. of As a first baseman, there's no one that's not in the Hall of Fame that has those two milestones. Yeah, I mean, is is Harper there? I mean, I know not right now, but I guess assuming he stays healthy, he'll get there. Well, he credentialed Harper out, I think, in a good way. Harper's already at 43 career war. He's mm-hmm. 30 years old. He's a rookie mm-hmm. of the year and two-time MVP. And he's pretty much, as long as he's healthy, he's going to give you numbers. That's what we know of Bryce Harper. Yeah, but health uh, has been an issue in the past. Health has been an issue, but he kind of he kind of laid it out as with the, like, the comfort he has of playing for the Phillies and not having to worry about really moving anywhere for the rest of his career, it's almost guaranteed his war will stack up to be where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um so Harper, Harper was the one too. I was like, just with the fact that he only is on the, like he's kind of contemporaries with Mike Trout, which for a while there was like, oh, which one of them's going to be the guy? Mike Trout kind of usurped him as like clearly the best player in baseball for the last yeah. few years. Yeah. He's got like, it, it, Mike, Mike Trout has 84 war in the same time period that Harper's got 43. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's insane. Um but I think I think Harper has being just thirty years old and having already done what he's done. I think it's and there's a little bit to be nodded to to his postseason heroics last year of like he's shown that he's a guy who steps up, which but didn't win it, a championship. Didn't win a championship, but showing showing that kind of uh, prowess with 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 a torn ace, uh, torn UCL was yeah. kind of I think one of those like historic things where you're like oh that's a that's a guy who's going to be in the conversation just kind of he's already sort of cemented and that's why in the red zone I think makes sense for him I just think I don't know I kind of feel like if he's in the red zone like judge has slightly lesser war but also only a one time MVP so far one-time MVP so here's, far. But here's I give you my guy, not Judge. My guy not being Judge on a path. Because Judge is in the on a path section. I think Jose Ramirez being in case not closed with two war less than Harper is weird. Yeah. Like he, yeah it's ju- weird that he's not included in the top. Like Jose Ramirez is a kind of, at this rate, I think too, an underrated player. Yes, he definitely 100% is. He's, all, he's always been really underrated, honestly. Maybe he's never gotten he plays credit. in Cleveland. Yeah, it could be a lot of things, but um, he's definitely underrated. He's got f- one, two, three, four, five top ten MVP finishes, three Silver Sluggers, and a top twenty, another top twenty MVP finish in twenty. He's a great player. It's weird that he's not higher than the case not closed. I don't really. Understand I honestly that. don't even know how old he is. He is thirty, same age. Yeah, so I, I feel like I, I don't know that Harper. I think Harper's just getting the nod because of accolades and the trophies. Yeah, I don't I don't know why Harper would have any more of a case than honestly either Judge or Ramirez. Because also yeah. Harper has played longer than either of them. 
right? Yeah, I think so. So definitely longer than Judge. So Judge has amassed basically the same uh, war, but in eight years compared to Harper's, what, 11 years? I think that's correct. So, and and same with uh, Ramirez. I think Ramirez has played 12 years. So, or uh, I'm sorry, 10 years. Judge, so, yeah. too, I'm just going like, to, just on the Aaron Judge of 39 more, pretty close to Harper. He's also had his share of injury history before last year. For sure. But so um, is Harper. But Judge now has the same rookie of the year MVP case. I think there's a case to be made for Judge getting another MVP and that just bumping him up this list into the red zone of uh, Hall of Famer. It's, cra- it's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, in this class, let's just go through real. Goldschmidt, pretty great case, just like Freeman. Very, The two of them are just like kind of the most consistent forces at first base that I think I can remember in a long time. Just like Yeah, they're in that. They're in at that, the end of the year, their numbers are always there, no matter what. They're, they're in doing. that, uh, like, Miggy Votto vein of like they just big do it every first baseman who can hit and hit yep. for power and yeah. Mookie Betts uh, is a great case here. Mookie Betts is also only thirty. Yeah. Um, the, he said with Mookie Betts, he's got MVP, he's got World Series, he's got fifty-eight point two career WAR already. I think Mookie actually should be in the uh, maybe the in right now list because he's only 30 and has already done all that and he's done that while playing right field center field second base and now shortstop for the dodgers too which is like yeah but if mookie and and just a great fielder but if mookie were to retire right now i don't think he'd be a hall of famer i guess that's fair so red zone makes sense and then arenado and machado he uses the comparison which is apt and i think i've used this talking about it is recently minted hall of famer scott Rowland. shout out to my uh, favorite childhood player uh (laughs) but he had 70 career, 70.1 career war and was known as like a power bat glove first guy. And yeah. just makes, makes the case that Machado's got 52.2 career war, Arenado's got 52.5. Mm-hmm. If they just stay on the track they're on, they're basically both Scott Rowland archetypes. Yeah. And so they're they're kind of like locks, I think, if they just stay healthy at all and just keep doing what they're doing. They'll end up around basically being Scott Rowland-like. Scott Rowland-like. Yeah, um, I think great on fielders, the path. Great bats. On the path works for both of them. Yeah, so that's that that list there for there. The next list down, we got Shohei at the top, and uh, Jason Stark makes the case in this article that, barring something weird happening, Shohei's already 27.3 career war, and as we chronicled earlier in this episode, that's despite like some crazy not good years in here, mm-hmm. in, in his yeah. young career. He's only 28 now, um, and... <laughs> he said if Otani has something weird happen and doesn't make it to the Hall of Fame for one reason or the other he's like they have to build a museum right next door called the Shohei Otani Hall of Fame where it's just like because it is it, it it is just so unprecedented because it is I mean there's many jokes about this online but there's just something he does every night that is like oh Shohei Otani did a thing that no one's done since the 1800s because no one can do what he can do Mm-hmm. And he's not been as good at pitching kind of as this year's gone on. I think there is some wear and tear from back-to-back years of doing it and then the World Baseball Classic. But he's still, he's still got 2.6 career war. He's still smashing the cover off the ball. He's got 12 home runs, 263 batting average. He's still pitching, like, well. It's just not as well as people would expect him to because he's been held to an impossible standard now. Um, yeah. He had a couple and- of games where he gave up, like, five or six runs, and it was like... Oh no, Otani's tired. But it's like, yeah, Otani tired is still better than like most players in baseball. 
Yeah, I read an article last year, I guess. Um, and I'm not going to remember, A, what the article was, or B, the super specifics of it. But it was basically just saying that, like, calculating value for, for um, Shohei is basically impossible. Because you can't really calculate the value of a player who is essentially two players. And then, so not only do you get two players from one, but you get to add a third player because you're not using it that last roster spot on whoever you would use if Shohei didn't oh, pitch. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's like it's like unprecedented. You can't it's hard to measure. I mean, even yeah. in fantasy like it we have we have a uh, seven starting pitcher limit in our league and mm-hmm. Otani doesn't count, so you get an extra and it's like even in fantasy it's funny cuz Ned's team has never won with him. But yeah. uh it is it's crazy what he can do and what he does for a franchise. I mean, uh, I I've read a lot cuz he's a free agent coming up here. Yeah, and I think five hundred million dollars might be light for a contract for a guy who's basically two top positions. Yeah. Uh, now that we also He's have your ace DH. and your three hole hitter. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who really want, uh, obviously, want him on their team. Um, we'll talk. About, I feel like that's a late in the season. We'll talk about where Otani could land. I have some thoughts about yeah. that, but. All right, the so Angels Otani, are smart. They would fucking trade him for everything out there. They would, but they won't because they're terrible no. and they're an awful yep. franchise. Yep. Um, so Otani, also, real quick, just yeah. imagine Otani at Yankee Stadium. My I mean, God. Imagine Otani at uh, Fenway Park where Pesky Pole is a, a target. Imagine Otani at Camden Yards. I mean, imagine yeah. Otani at all of these small stadiums in the NL East. <laughs> just be yeah, great. I mean, imagine him anywhere, but... That short porch, right yeah, field, oh. dude. He would hit yeah. sixty home runs. Judge would hit sixty home runs with him. Yeah, it'd be crazy. It'd be awesome. And you would never would beat the happen. Yankees again. Yeah, well, that's probably not true. Still, uh, <laughs> so Judge Otani, they're both on the on a path. I think that's fair. I think Judge could be argued to be bumped up to the in the red zone, but I want to where... just also mention in. It's so easy to remember that Judge is a prolific power hitter. Um, surprisingly good average hitter. He is an elite defender. Like, and not only does he play right field, but he often plays center field. Um, and I mean, he just, he's a much better defender than uh, I think he's given credit for. So yeah, should, you know, he was fighting gold gloves for like, you know, with Mookie Betts for a couple years there. And, and, uh, last year, I think he might have qualified as a center fielder. I don't know, but He's just an amazing baseball player. I think he should be. If Harper's in that next thing, I think he should be in the next. Why thing. don't you just marry Aaron Judge, dude? Why are you? I, you know, the I would. He's yeah. super rich. All right. Well, and, uh, I'll see if we can awesome. put out a see if we can put out a, a call. He's already um, married. Yeah. Well. All right. So next guy down. Next two guys down. We'll we'll group these guys together. Uh, these two kind of have the same ilk about them. And it, Jason Stark brings this in the question on a path. Jose Altuve and Garrett Cole, obviously a hitter and a pitcher. Both of them were on the cheating Astros, though. And he, he mentions later on in this article that Altuve at one point was on a path to be like a, like a Derek Jeter light type guy. He was on one team, mm-hmm. middle infielder, cap, captain type energy, great bat, never like... He's had some good power years here and there. Um, but both Cole and Altuve are kind of mentioned on here as they're on a path, but they're also like kind of have like an asterisk because will Altuve, even if he, he's got 46.9 career war, so he's ahead of Harper, but he has the coloration of being part of the Astros team that 
cheated. He's also um, a little bit older than Harper. Yes. Yeah, he's 33. And then Cole, also on that team that cheated, had all sorts of sticky stuff, rotation questions. Uh, that was the whole thing. He's got 36 career war, and he's he, he's I mean Cole has been one of the better pitchers in the last few years, but he also had some like awful years on the Pirates early on. Uh, yeah, just, but like, I mean, not he as was good like years. I mean, yeah, I personally I mean, I, don't, I don't like think Garrett, I don't like Garrett Cole as a guy. So I, I don't, don't think either of them honestly should be in this category. They seem like the next one down. But if you look at Cole, like his early years with pittsburgh weren't great he had one bad year where he went uh with a four two six era but i mean three two three six two six three eight there were some some decent years in there yeah and he was pitching for a notoriously bad franchise at developing talent so there's something to be said about that yeah no it's 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 i i kind of agree they maybe are in the wrong category but I, I mean, I I kind of think Altuve will have trouble just because there are play like it's it seems like it's followed him around sort of like how steroids has. Uh, well, I think guys. like the allegations that everyone remembers are the sign stealing, which would have directly impacted Jose Altuve's performance and not yep. Garrett Cole's. So, um, yeah, I mean that's definitely a. Black mark for sure. Yeah. Well, let's skip down to the more interesting guys here. Uh, Soto and Acuna. Uh, we already talked about Acuna. They're twenty four and twenty five. Uh, Jason Stark mentions in this article. If you're on Baseball Reference, uh, any of those of you listening who have been on there know that there's like a comparison to other players. Yeah. And Acuna and Soto appear as the most similar player to each other. <laughs> that's funny um soto being weird. 24 years old already has compiled 25.2 war acuna being 25 has already compiled 20.6 with an injury lost year yeah um they are written by jason stark they're basically comparatively uh acuna has a lot of comps and drawn them over the years to like a young ricky henderson with speed and power and Soto has gotten this praise since he was like 22 of being like a young Ted Williams. Yeah. So it makes sense based on their age that they're in the, on a path. But the fact that they're already like basically half of where Bryce Harper is with six years to go to being the same age as him. It's kind of crazy. Um, yes. It's kind of crazy. So I think they're both. It, it's crazy because they're, they're contemporaries. We'll get down to the ones like check back in five years, like Wander Franco and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. are, like, not that much younger than Acuna and Soto, but it's just their track record already has just been so impressive. And they both got called up super young and performed right away. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that group is good. Let's hop into this one. This one kind of bummed me out uh, just because I like both guys a lot as players. Uh, and I'll, I'll argue that used to be in the red zone and I wish there was a path. Kind of have some overlap. So the I wish there was a path is Jason Starks. I wish these guys were Hall of Famers, but I just don't know that they'll ever, com- ever compile the numbers or milestones. Jacob yeah. DeGrom and Adam Wainwright. It it sucks because of the... Like, DeGrom's done some imp- unprecedented things as a pitcher. Yeah. But the craziest one that I hadn't, like, really thought about... And I mean, we used to joke that, like, the Mets would lose every game he pitched and it'd be, like, a one-run loss. He only yeah. has 84 career wins. Yeah, which that's, that's crazy is horrific for a guy who has a 2.53 ERA 
and he has the the, the greatest strikeout to walk ratio in the history of baseball with 5.38 uh 11 Ks per nine he's got a career 2.59 FIP but he's also been hurt for like three seasons now which is like I mean you're fond of saying availability is a skill he's on the IL right now mm-hmm. <laughs> as we're speaking yeah uh, it, it I just he's he's 34 i think it'll be 35 in july i think or june uh i just don't see it i don't know if he can compile enough to actually which which sucks because like he'll be remembered kind of in the way i think like tim lincecum to a certain degree is remembered as like incredible for a, like a, a generation but just kind of flamed out in different in a different way and Degrom's heights are better than lincecum ever was yeah but he just he can't compile it just isn't gonna happen yeah, I, I think, I mean, it would be cool if DeGrom put together a five-year run or something where he was healthy and dominating like he does, but it just seems unlikely at this point. And uh, without some sort of run like that, I don't. I feel like he probably doesn't have enough of a resume to get him there. Yeah, Wainwright is the next one down. Wainwright, it's weird because I thought Adam Wainwright, like when I first read the name, I was like, oh, I think he – it's weird he's here, but he's had, like, a very strange career where he's been unbelievably dominant for, like, stretches. Yeah. And then, like, in the middle of his 30s, like, had, like, implosion years. And then had, like, kind of, like, a little renaissance in, in the last couple years here. But, yeah, he had, like, a 4.62 ERA and a 5.11 ERA when he was 34, 35. Yeah, he's kind of fallen into – he's fallen out of – like, he just – it's the difference between a Hall of Very Good and a Hall of Famer, I think, for him. Yeah, um, I mean, that consistency over the course of 20 years is what separates a lot of Hall of Famers from Hall of Good guys. Yeah, um, and it's it sucks because I also like Wainwright the same way as DeGrom. Like, it's been fun to watch him pitch. He's had some great years. I think I one had thing, him one year in fantasy, too, where he was, like, really good for me, and that makes me sad that he's, like, <laughs> fallen off. One thing worth noting for uh, Wainwright is his playoff performance. Um, he was a good playoff pitcher. And yes. I think he started and closed – I think that is or relief. correct. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he he closed early in his career or uh in 06 um for that World Series run and was a reliever in 2015 in the NLDS as well. Yep. Um yeah, but he- mostly started, but I mean, you know, 4 and 5 isn't an awesome record, but it's not terrible in the playoffs and then he's got a 2.83 ERA in uh 29 games 114 innings like that's yeah that's a good resume that's a that's a good booster but i i think yeah his the way his career unfolded if a couple of those bad years were better more toward his career norm i think you could probably make the argument but yeah i don't think he's got it yeah it's it's interesting though if you look at these lists so he has the used to be in the red zone category of guys who made a fallen out favor yeah. And it's interesting because Chris Sale is actually, like, right there statistically, if not better than DeGrom in, and Wainwright in certain categories. Sale has been for years and still is the all-time leader in Ks per nine with 11.1. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and he's had i mean like Degrom, he's been beat up for the, basically the last few years but he's he's actually younger than Degrom. he's a year he's like effectively a year younger he just turned how old is Degrom? Degrom's gonna DeGrom. be 35 sale just turned 34 so yeah. it's interesting to see sale kind of like out of he used to be in the red zone uh well i think i'd imagine the belief with sale more so than Degrom is just that he's going to contribute even less like he's already got 119 wins though he's got a ton of strikeouts he's got he already has and stuff. he's also mixed in some some not like well i guess really only like sales one. really only had one bad year and it was the year he uh needed to get tommy john at the end of it because yeah. he probably should have got it earlier yeah so it's it's just weird to see i it, it's the categorical here i feel like is like so, there's some recency bias of degrom's been great more recently than chris sale to be fair, though, Chris Sale's pitching really well this year, and Jacob Degrom's hurt again. So you know, no, he's not pitching that well. He's pitching very well. Sale? Yes, he's had like he struggled s- to start. Yeah, and then he's got one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four. He's got seven quality <laughs> starts now in a row. And yeah, one. I mean, he's been better, but his ERA was up at eight, and it's already down to four point seven two. So that shows you how good he's been since how awful he started. Yeah, but if he started pitching poorly again, would you be surprised? Yes, based on the fact that his stuff plus is back up to where it was before he got hurt. Yeah, then why did he have three strikeouts in five be- innings? Because sometimes he just don't have it. He's the fine. the most prolific strikeout pitcher of all time just doesn't have it. It's fine. He was sick that week. He was sick huh. last week against you. Yeah, okay. He, he left the game with a, with a stomach bug. With a UCL tour? Stomach bug, which Terror. is why he only pitched five innings. Anyhow. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think Sale, you know, yeah, let's could potentially work his way back into the argument, but I, I just, I doubt it. I like Chris Sale, so anyhow. In the red Chris zone. Sale's a douchebag, but he is a good pitcher. He is. Football. He's he's terrible guy. Fun to watch pitch, though. Let's flip, let's flip past the get back to me in five years. Look at the red zone. Used to be in the red zone. So Kimbrell and Jansen, and Jason Stark defends, <laughs> defends himself while also saying he might be wrong in that both of them are basically like exactly Billy Wagner. Yeah. In many, many ways. Kimbrell just got his 400 save, too, which I know you mentioned on your solo episode uh, a couple weeks ago. He yeah. just he just got that milestone. Yep. Uh, his point, though, is Kimbrell and Jansen have had some awful years. And for him, two World Series, the Red Sox World Series where Chris Sale closed it in 2018, yeah. and the Dodgers World Series in 2020 in the short year, both teams opted to use a starter to close instead of having these guys close, and that never happened to Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner was dominant basically every year of his career. He had a 1.74 ERA in his final season. Yeah, Kimbrel now Kimbrel and Jansen. Jansen's been pitching pretty well this year. He's kind of having a little resurgence. Kimbrel's been kind of the same story of the last few years of like just kind of erratic and not what he once was. Um, I think it's fair to kind of take them off the list. It's really hard as a relief pitcher to make it to the Hall of Fame. By the case of Billy Wagner has... Billy Wagner's like Rivera, Hoffman, Billy Wagner, in my mind, from when we were kids. Yeah. And he still hasn't hasn't cracked the Hall of Fame. Well, but also you look... I mean, it's hard for relievers to compile war, so maybe it's a flawed way to look at relievers, but... It is. It's hard to do because they pitch one inning every game if they're... 27... 27.7 war... Yeah, and it's just it is hard, and so and I think the third Ken- best at at best third best closer of his era. Yeah, well, Kenley at Jansen's best. already at twenty career WAR, and I think Kimbrel's right about there too. So it's yeah, 
his case is he he said I voted for Billy Wagner for the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't vote for these guys, but it might be the recency bias of remembering those two World Series where neither of them were called on, which I think is yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, the other two guys in this used to be in the red zone for me. I I kind of think they're just Hall of Very Good guys, and they're they're fun guys. McCutcheon and Longoria. Yeah, I don't think either of them did. Their peaks were shorter than necessary and, to get and, into. And they're both guys I, I think are like well-respected and liked baseball players because Longoria was yeah, like you... part of the Rays kind of coming out as a force as a team. And he played – he kind of in some ways was like that Scott Rowland type guy where he played great mm-hmm. defense and hit for power early on in his career. I think injuries have kind of sunk his ship a few times too. And he's kind of become like a journeyman at this point. Yeah. Um, he's on the Diamondbacks now. Uh, yeah, an important thing to note with Longoria from his from his heydays, he was an elite third baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, so his fielding was definitely a part of it. But I just think like, let me pull up his stats. But what was, he, he started off looking like a guy who was going to dominate, and then I feel like his average just dropped. He went from batting two. 80 290 to 240 and then it was up and down after that but never again over like 270 yeah he he just kind of settled in as like a very good player and he's never been he's never been like horrifically bad um but he's he's never really returned to the heights of like a guy who could carry your roster He's got a he's got a fifty eight war actually that's pretty high yeah, a defense part that, of that defense too. yeah defense is it makes up a lot of that um, I don't know I'm he has a two point six and two dude his heyday twenty three twenty four twenty five seasons two point three two point six two point four d war damn that's crazy that that's is like crazy. saving a ton of runs as a defense at their base yeah it I don't think he and McCutcheon. It's it's kind of flame out too. Like McCutcheon has an MVP. McCutcheon's also like one of the super respected clubhouse guys, and he's been yeah. He's he's always been like a fun player to have on your team. It's cool the Pirates brought him back. Kind of as just late it is. Career I, move. I like McCutcheon, but I mean he never hit thirty one home runs after, or never even hit over thirty home runs after his age twenty five season. Like. Eh. You know, yeah. Did he do enough? If he kept batting at 300 and hitting 20, 25 home runs, then maybe. But his average fell off a cliff like a lot of these guys. You know, It went from around 300, 290 to 250, 270, 255. 250. Like, you settle in as a 250, 20 home run guy. That's not terrible, but it's not Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. No, it's, it's just – it's a guy. And yeah. it's a great player, but – not a guy I think it makes the Hall of Fame. So I think those are no. probably fair to be in the used to be in the red zone. Um, yeah. Let's do the case not close. Again, we already talked Jose Ramirez. I think he should be higher than this. It's weird. He's underrated. He's even underrated in this article based on his statistics and what he's done as a third baseman. So we already yeah. talked about him. These last two, so Correa, who we already talked about on this podcast since you traded for him, yep. despite being hurt, despite having his injury history, despite everything, he has 39.9 career war. He's yeah, only he's 28. Yeah. So case not closed, I think if Carlos Correa can somehow beat the injury bugs that have plagued him, maybe turn around some of his like reputation. He's also part of that 2017 Astros controversy. Yeah. But the talent is there, as we talked about on the episode. We talked about him to turn it on and be a great hitter. 
Um, so I think he it's a case not closed is like, let's see what happens in the next five years of Carlos Correa's career before we move him anywhere besides where he is on this list. Agreed. I mean, if he just can stay healthy, I know he's having a down year right now, um, but if odds are he turns it around at least a little bit if he's able to stay healthy. If he's able to stay healthy, I mean, even with the best baseball of his career likely behind him, he can still he can still play well. He's only twenty eight, so if he's healthy, yeah, if he can stay healthy for the next ten years and, and produce at a pretty decent level, he'll, he'll be there. Yeah, I think I think so too. So uh, despite my dislike towards him since he ruined my team, uh, yeah. you know he ruined my my future plans by being an injury guy. But yeah, yeah so last one on this list, uh, JT Romuto. So this one's weird, and and Jason Stark breaks this down as. For like five or six years, he's been the consensus best catcher in baseball. He's clearly the best defensive one. No one runs on him, really, even in this current era. Because he's got a cannon, he's got a great pop time, he's good defensively. He's good with pitching staffs, historically. He's also been kind of the consensus best hitter, which, and, and it's hard, catchers are hard to rank because of how grueling it is. Like, even being a full time catcher, he's never cleared 145 career games. Yeah. Um, contemporary wise being like the best catcher in the sport so when we were growing up Pudge and Mike Piazza were kind of the best catchers Yeah, Pudge ended up with 68.7 career war as a similar to Romuto defensive and offensive prowess how, sorry how much war? 68.7 which is okay. hall of fame by any standards because it's like 65 and, is usually the cutoff for most guys and more than double what more Real than Muto double Romuto so far Yep. Uh, Piazza is not very defensive prowess, but great bat. 59.5 career war, still about double. Um, it It's hard because the catching is also like, if you if you kind of crystallize baseball as like for an era, Real Muto has been far and away the best catcher of this era, of like the, the late 2010s, early 2020s. There's not really, like Salvador Perez is probably in the conversation, I would think. Not Definitely. on this list at all, um, to snake chagrin. Um, but he's only got 33.5 career war Perez. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit more than Romuto, but he's older. Um, if Romuto really does, if you crystallize it as, oh, who's the best catcher of this era, they should get in the Hall of Fame. Sure. He's a three time all star, three time silver slugger, two time gold glove winner. It, he's also having a, like, very pedestrian offensive season this year. He's 266 with only three homers. He still has 1.3 war because of his defense. Uh huh. I don't know about Romuto. I don't know if he should be even in this conversation if Salvador Perez isn't, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think... Catchers are tough. Catchers are sort of like relief pitchers, right? Because their defense is so important, and there's things I would imagine that analytics can't capture about catchers that make them more valuable over other catchers. But I do think we grew up in a pretty good catcher era, yeah, Jorge um, Posada, Veritek, Jason Veritek, Pudge, yeah. Piazza, even someone Javi like Lopez. A- Javi Lopez, even someone like AJ Pierzynski, who wasn't like that good of a player. <laughs> AJ Pierzynski, shout out. <laughs> but he was he was like a pretty good player for a long time. Even right, even like, to a much lesser extent, uh, Mike Lieberthal. He was an all star. Yeah, he yeah. was like a good hitter. He was like a good defensive guy. Yeah, but like AJ Pierzynski, trust me, I hate defending AJ Przinsky. Yeah, but he was a starting there? catcher for like over a decade. 23.8 career war for Przinsky. Yeah. yeah. If if he were a catcher right now, 
I don't know. I, I don't remember what his defense was like. I rostered that if dude he was, in fantasy. Yeah, I, I mean, think he, I did. He was I think just, I did roster Pruszynski in fantasy back in the day. So probably he didn't hit a lot of home runs, but he was really solid. He'd be a starting catcher today. Who else for is sure. there? Like Yasmani Grandal is like pretty solid. Is he? <laughs> He's got twenty per career WAR. He's pretty solid. The the okay. the contemporary. I do like the argument made in this article by Jason Stark where he said, Romuto is already everything that Adley Rushman hopes to be as great defensive and great offensive catcher. I think if Adley Rushman is puts up the numbers at the plate that Real Muto puts up, as mean as this is, I think it would be a disappointment. Yeah, well, Adley Rushman's already a better player this year. So right, well, it's early this year, so yeah, let's, yeah. let's well, chill. Offens- offensively, though, he's been like much more locked. I think I think he's got better offensive prowess than um, than Romuto's ever had. Just like his chops, as yeah, a yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and I think I think if anything, Adley Rutschman is what everybody hoped Matt Weeders would be back in the day of a switch hitting catcher who could do everything. Yeah, um, Mauer with power. Yeah, Mauer with power. Yeah, dude, we got Joe yeah. Mauer too. We didn't even mention him, and he had yeah, an MVP about and hit for. He was a sh- he kind of flamed out quickly, but fifty five point two career WAR. How's he not in the Hall of Fame discussion? He's right there behind Pudge and Piazza. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's kind of weird. That's crazy. That's, Jorge it's, had a forty two WAR. Still very good compared to what we're looking at. If if Romuto's on this list, it's it's I don't know. It's it's weird to include him. Let's just round well, out. Especially the list when here. you consider. Like postseason for Veritech and Jorge. Oh, Veritech was only a twenty-four WAR guy, but still, that's pretty good based on catchers. That's surprising, though. I would. I mean, he I, was a good defensive catcher. I for think his whole Veritech career. was also more of a leader than a great player most of the time. Like he had, he had good clubhouse know. presence. Yeah, too. I guess he had some like weird years and and injury years and stuff. He also but, caught four no hitters, which is a fun little piece of trivia. Yeah. So. But I mean, I, I don't know. Real Muto, it, you said he's pretty pedestrian right now, but it's not like that different than what he usually does. He yeah, did well, still 20 bases last year. That's surprising. Yeah, which could definitely, like, he has seven this year already. With he's got rules. seven this year. Which yeah, is impressive I don't know. May, I, if, he do, if he does it for another six years, maybe. Yeah, catchers are weird. Catchers are weird. So. Yeah, I mean, if he can stay defensively elite and and produce consistently, like because whatever about his numbers, they're consistent. Like he's yeah. pretty much in that same range every year. So if he can do that for the next six years and be defensively like at the top of the league, I feel like he can he can scooch his way in there. Yeah, maybe maybe win a championship. That might help his resume. That would definitely help if the Phillies can finally figure out how to get to that next hump. I mean, be the first Philadelphia team in a long time to figure that out. So, Um, (laughs) but oh, I just almost sneezed and coughed at the same time. That was rough. Hmm. Um, All right, so the last two on the list, and I'm going to include a bonus one. And I know this is controversial, but I'm going to include it. So Vlad Jr., Wander Franco, these guys are like babies. Like Vlad Jr. is 24. He's 14.2 career where he's the same age as Soto, but it's just he's only played not as much and he also yeah. embarrassingly did the like this is the trailer next year will be the movie and then like wasn't nearly as good he was still very yeah. good last year mind you he hit three yeah, he hit 274 great, 32 homers but hitting 311 player. with 48 home runs and 111 RBIs it's hard to say it's just embarrassing to make that quote that's like a 
like LeBron James type of cheesy quote. Where you're like, God, just be good at the sport. Stop talking. Like just. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to keep him out of the yeah. Hall of Fame. No, no. If he stays on his trajectory. Hey, he'll he's be got right. great genetics with his dad being a Hall of Famer. And he I, batted I just, 311 and hit 48 home runs yeah, at insane. age 22. Yeah, like, I just, he'll be all right. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> talk about him later. Franco, even less so. He hasn't really put it together yet. It's weird he's on this list. Um, yeah, I think that's just like uh, strictly based on yeah, his talent. But yeah. excluded from the list, better than Franco, is Fernando Tatis Jr. And I know he has like a lot of controversy. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is still 24. He has 14.9 career war. The season he last played a full season, he hit 282 of 42 homers, 97 RBIs, and 25 stolen bases. And yes, I know steroids mar everything, but David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame now. So yeah. we have to sort of look at it. As a 24-year-old, It, I just... And it, also, if he gets caught at 23, serves the suspension, comes back and does everything right, never has trouble with it again, can you really mark him off too badly no he's also really good thing. for the game of baseball as a personality so yeah. i refuse to exclude him from this list and i know jason stark did because it's controversial but yeah. if you're going to include wander frank you have to put tatis on the list yeah i agree i mean one thing for going back to wander um he's played in the major leagues 207 games and he has a 9.5 war already yeah, so that's, that's pretty crazy it, it, that's why i think <laughs> it, it it he's got talent i like wander franco it's just it's weird to include him and not include tatis uh, and i, I don't mean to he's diminish, got 19 steals this year yeah i don't diminish anything he's done or will do because i like wander franco it's just it's strange yeah. to me to have him on the list with vlad and not have tatis but not tatis yeah that is weird but all right, so yeah, I think we generally agree with Jason Stark with a few like, why is this guy here and not here? This actually, we I'm moved, sure we moved around the bottom of the list, really. I'm also sure if we were to really sit and think about it, we can come up with some more that he missed or classified incorrectly or something. Yeah, I think so. But I I, I thought it was cool to look through and like kind of talk through this list a bit bit in depth. So yeah. uh, let's let's go to Womax. Let's uh, we're, I don't right, have any fantasy news today, so. You're going to start? Let me, Yeah, let me start. I'm ready. My boy is a right-handed pitcher. He played from 1996 to 2006. Uh, right-handed relief pitcher, I'm sorry. Um, 96 to 2006, played with Baltimore, the then Tampa Bay Devil Rays, Texas Rangers, St. Louis, Detroit, Angels, and Reds to end his career for 14 games. Okay. Uh, career 5.14 ERA, a career war of exactly one, and a 33-39 and 39 record. Wait, when did you say his last year was? 06. So just, just for the sake of, uh, I'm pretty sure this is because I'm a nerd, I think Tony Womack was his teammate in 2006. I think Tony Womack was on the Reds. Oh, uh, really? I think so. But anyhow, um, all right, so relief pitcher... Bad ERA, did you just say? Yeah, five point one four. I think I know who it is, and I'm gonna like be really lame about this because I feel that whenever we do this, I'm like, what's wrong with my brain that I can pull this out? Yeah, what are you looking at? What am I looking at? Yeah, I I just look at uh, what do you mean? Like what what are you doing on your computer right now? You should be sitting here thinking. Oh, I'm looking at my guy, um, and then I was uh, looking at yeah, Tony okay. Womack. I was looking up yeah. Tony Womack. Yeah, um, right. All right. So, Tampa Paul's Bay. Googling. Tampa Bay Devil Ray. Orioles is the one that's throwing me off. 
trying to think. I'm like also trying to see. Tony Womack was on the Reds in 2006. Confirmed. He was a Cub and a Red that year. Traded. Um, yeah. All right. So relief pitcher for the Devil Rays. There's a guy that stand. So a lot of these guys stand out in my head from baseball cards when I think of them. Yeah. And yeah. the only guy I can think of from the Devil Rays from like the 90s, 2000s time period is a as an MLB Showdown card actually. Um, and I want to see if I can pull it up if it's the right guy. Is it um, is it Esteban Yan? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me see if I can find his showdown card. And I'm gonna post this on our Twitter if I can find. I think he had a holographic showdown card for some reason. I want to Why? See he was, he was I, I, yeah, literally never good. Yeah, he did. It was a three control. Here it is, Esteban Yan. He was there. He was the Rays closer for two years. Jeez, that's that shows how bad they were when they were the Devil Rays. Uh, yeah. Esteban Yan. Yeah, it's that's for some reason he popped into my head right away and i looked up his, his showdown cards really funny i'll send you a picture um wow he was very pedestrian basically his entire career yeah no, like, i mean i think you could argue that he was bad yeah for one career a large war. portion of it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well i i just like i want to we might have to do a little i might have to do some like nerd stuff and see how many guys we've mentioned actually played on the same team as tony womack at some point in time yeah that's uh, funny he actually he started for the Rays in 2000, 20 games. Yeah, well, he had a 2001 showdown card. That's what I was thinking of, uh, which is why it's – if I told Tim this, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Espanyan. I'd be like, hey, who were the holographic cards for the Rays in the 2001 series? He'd be like, oh, Espanyan, because that's what we do. Um, Isn't that a funny name, Estebanyan? Yeah, no, I, well, that's why I was like, I think I know who it is, but I wanted to also look at the Tony Womack thing. Also, the old – I'm looking up his stats now. The old Devil Rays – the grossest logo like oh yeah with like the devil ray and the big tb great rebrand great stuff yeah uh just a funny little anecdote our pastor while i was growing up said that the reason the rays got good in 2008 is because they dropped the devil from their team (laughs) just just wanted to mention that because hey maybe it's you never know all right let me throw it on our our roster karmic thing yeah they're like oh we no longer have the devil now we're good at baseball (laughs) um all right so my guy also a pitcher because i i specifically tried to pick a pitcher because i'm trying to build out our roster i don't think we have many other than i remember i picked kip wells the one week and mike mcdougall who you said was insane um (laughs) this guy's actually better than i thought and also i also picked him based off of mlb showdown cards um so that's funny um okay he pitched for the cardinals for when he was like good and then he pitched for the giants and the pirates he only had 11 years in the league but he compiled 20.4 war in that time and a 3.98 career era um he started in 1997 finished up in 08 with the pirates cardinals were the bulk of his career from 97 to 2005 um a starting pitcher. Starting pitcher. Okay. What was his career ERA? Career ERA was 3.98. 3.98. So he was decent. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I was, I was surprised because I thought he was. And it's not Chris Carpenter, but they were uh, late overlap for a brief period of time in the rotation. Chris Carpenter didn't play on the Pirates. That's no. what you said, right? No. Uh, but here's what your last hint. So Chris Carpenter with CC as alliteration. This guy also uh-huh. has alliteration in his name. He has an alliteration in his name? Yeah. So Chris Carpenter, CC, same thing for this guy. Okay. And what are the teams he played on? 
Cardinals, Giants for a brief season, and then the Pirates to finish out. And what year? Sorry, did you tell me what years he played? Yeah, 97 to 08. 97 to 08. And he's got an alliterative name. Yes. And he's a starting pitcher. Yes. And he was pretty solid. He actually, and he started his whole career. He, yes. Cardinals, he actually finished second in the Rookie of the Year. And then in 01, he finished third in the Cy Young and got MVP votes. And then was an all-star for back-to-back years in 01 and 02, which is why he has a holographic MLB showdown card. <laughs> he just relayed everything about baseball back to MLB, MLB showdown, showdown. Yeah. Okay, 01. He had 22 wins that year with a 3.16 ERA. Like a really good season. 22 wins. Ugh. This guy's probably falling out of like your I'm... name. He's probably falling. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is a deep. When I pulled it up, the only other hint I have, and I think this, this is like very funny and specific. There was a dude at, uh, at school at the same time as us who actually had this name. <laughs> like, like at West. Yeah. Um, was it I know it's not Mark Mulder no but good guess and also that's not my guess that's just something I'm discussing I'm talking out Yeah, same career war as Mark Mulder basically Mark Mulder had a 20 career war what did this guy have 20.4 I feel like I'm gonna do a Troy O'Leary thing here where I'm going to like get half the name kind of right. Nice pull with the alliteration and name of Mark Mulder though. Well, that's just, uh, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of like off the top of my head right now with alliterative name. Was it like, okay. Now I'm thinking, was it Matt Moore? Different uh, Matt Moore? Uh, Matt? You're so close. Uh, just Matt Moore, Matt Morris, <laughs> Matt Morris. Damn it! You were right there. I was like, "Oh, he's gonna get Matt it. He's Moore. gonna get it." So yeah, Matt, Matt Moore. Yeah, I didn't think it was Matt Moore actually because uh, that's a guy now. Yeah, Matt Morris. I had a hard time uh, like uh, conceptualizing the numbers you were telling me. Yeah, well, he dude, t- two thousand one. 22 and 8, 3.16, 185 Ks, which is like yeah. different era, 216 innings. Um, would have been a pretty solid fantasy year. And that's the year he got Cy Young yeah. votes. He finished third in the Cy Young voting. I want to see who won in 02. If he finished third, Randy Johnson. It was Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, and then him. Followed by, yeah. shout out, John Lieber was the fourth most Cy Young votes. <laughs> that um, would have been a good one. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Matt Morris. I mean, he was a pretty solid pitcher. He finished with a 3.98 career for his career. Yeah, he was. Was he on like a the Daryl Kyle teams? I think so. I I know so I know he was in the same rotation as Chris Carpenter because like that was like when I started following the Cardinals yeah. after Scott Rowland got traded there. He was. Also Daryl Kyle 20.2 career war. Daryl Kyle, Mark Mulder and Matt Morris were all kind of like the same good level of pitcher. I just remember Daryl Kyle had like a crazy curveball, like a twelve six. Yes, it was wild to watch. Did he die from like amphetamines or something? I think his heart stopped. Oh yeah, coronary artery clot in one artery. Yeah, 
Wait, but listen to this uh, this uh, rotation in 2001 Cardinals. Had Daryl Kyle, Matt Morris, Dustin Hermanson, uh, Andy Bennis, Bud Smith, and Woody Williams. Well, I got one more to throw into that list of names while looking up uh. at how he died. Um, <laughs> who who filled in the night he, he did, passed away. Someone had to pitch for him, obviously. And Rick Ankeel? No, Jason Simatachi. <laughs> that's a name that's i a like saw name. it when i looked up the wikipedia to see like about his death yeah it was uh, yeah coronary that sucks. I mean, daryl kyle was having a pretty good career yeah he had a couple really bad years but a couple decent years and, and really starting to put it together in his last two and a half yeah that's crazy but yeah, Matt Morris, yeah. man. That's I, I'm building out. I, I'm I'm intentionally just, I'm cherry picking guys now from my my memory that like I think could flesh out our team. And I was like, we need a better <laughs> rotation arm. I wonder how good Matt Morris was. And I was like, oh shoot, he wasn't that bad. All right, cool. I just randomly thought of Esteban Yan, the name. Yeah, well, I think I like heard something that sounded kind of familiar and like sparked my memory. Yeah, to it. be fair, I'm th- I've been thinking about MLB Showdown cards a lot recently because of a, a project I'm working on right now, which I'll tell you about when we're not podcasting. But mm-hmm. um, by thinking about them, it's kind of like tuned my brain to the frequency of like guys we might come up with from the early 2000s because it's like yeah, like for example, like right now, right next to me at my desk, I have my Scott Rowland. Uh, MLB 2000 card. <laughs> uh, so I've been just just been thinking about guys. Just thinking about guys, you know. But nice. all right, well, let's wrap it. You know, you good? Yeah. See you later. All right. Bye.